Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Today is about being undignified in our worship, in our prayer, but also in our lives. It's about living before the Lord. And so this is a part of a teaching that I gave at a school called Wildfire to some young students about how it's more important what God thinks and what other people think. And that's so helpful for us all. And I think you're going to love it. It's going to encourage you. So just a reminder, this podcast exists to equip presence-centered Christian communities to worship and pray night and day. So this is for worshipers, intercessors, leaders, Jesus lovers who are part of houses of prayer, burn furnaces, and praying churches. We want to help you. And if you're a part of a community like this and this podcast is encouraging you, then I'd I'd love for you to share that with your community because it's going to be helpful for them too and it's going to encourage them and ultimately it's going to strengthen the worship and prayer movement. So any way that you can like or comment or review or share the podcast or this episode, all of that stuff is going to help this podcast get out there and fuel day and night worship and prayer. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't yet. You can subscribe and view all the previous episodes up on our website at podcast.presencepioneers.org. So here you go. Here's my teaching on being undignified and living before the Lord. Enjoy. So let's get back into 2 Samuel 6 here. So David says, I'm going to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the centerpiece of Jerusalem. Verse 3 says, They set the ark on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ohio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the cart. They brought it out of the house, which was on a hill. Uh, Verse 5, David and all of Israel played music before the Lord on all the instruments. Verse 6, When they came to the threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand, took hold of it, and the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was aroused, and God struck him there, and he died by the ark of God. And so they have this first attempt... David's like, yay, let's bring the presence of God into Israel. And the first attempt was, was not successful. So they, uh, the law instructed that the Levites should carry the ark on, on poles. The Levites were the ones that should carry the ark. And they got this cart from the Philistines who had stolen the, the ark of the covenant. And so they just left it on this Philistine cart and they were rolling it back into Jerusalem. And... Uh, and David had to go learn that the, the presence of God was to be carried on the Levites. The worshipers were the ones that bring the presence of God, you know. And so he had, God, was, God was teaching him. So, but they drop, the, they drop the ark off. David kind of freaks out and gets upset and it's like, okay. And so they drop the ark off at this guy, Obed-Edom's house. Uh, verse 11, it says, the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. So it's like they drop off the ark and it's like all of a sudden Obed-Edom starts getting all this blessing in his house for three months because he's got the presence of God there. And so, uh, and interestingly, later on, when you go and look at all the, the worshipers in David's tabernacle, there's a guy named Obed-Edom. And some people wonder if maybe Obed-Edom ends up going to Jerusalem and becoming serving in the tabernacle later on even though he wasn't an Israelite just because um, just because you know he had this experience housing the ark for a while 
So David, David tries again. He goes back and he learns um, the proper way to bring the Ark of the Covenant in. He had to learn something about God's order. He had to learn to follow the voice of God and the will of God. Um, and so it should cause us to say, God, what is your way? You know, what is the way you want us to worship? What is, um, what is your heart? Teach us, you know, let's not just go through the motions of it. And so David goes through the second attempt. This time with the Levites bringing it on, uh, on their shoulders, just kind of paraphrasing. Um, let's see, well, I won't paraphrase, I'll read some of it. <laughs> uh, verse 12. The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Which, by the way, that's, that's crazy. Every six steps they would stop and they would slaughter an animal. <laughs> um, crazy. Radical, uh, radical sacrifice. Um, you know, one of the cool things about that is that you, you envision them going up the hill. They're taking the ark up Zion. And every six steps they're offering. So there's this trail of blood roll, coming down the mountain. Um, and, of course, you can envision Jesus, you know, the one carry the cross up the mountain and, um, and beautiful, you know, image of that as well. So all this stuff about Jesus is in here. So it said, then David danced before the Lord with all his might and was wearing a linen ephod, which was the priestly garment. So he wasn't wearing, he wasn't naked. as Some people were like, David took off all his clothes and danced before the Lord. I don't know why that became like a thing that people said, but that's not actually what happened. David put on the priestly, he took off his kingly garments and put on a priestly garment. He was, he was, he was setting, uh, he was showing what was the priority, was that the priestly ministry was priority, that ministering to the Lord came before he could govern, before he could lead. And so for any of us, whether we're musicians, singers or not, as Christians, as, as it's God's purpose for us, that all that God's called us to do would be an overflow of our ministry to Him and that our relationship with Him, that worship and prayer, time with the Lord would be the first priority in our lives. And then out of the overflow of that, we could do whatever God's called us to do. Obviously for David, that was to rule the nation of Israel. So David and all, this is verse 15, David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting with the sound of a trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle David had erected for it, and he offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. All right, so David's wife, Michael, was not a big fan of his wild dancing or the fact that he was not acting like the king. <laughs> and, uh, and so David had to deal with the reproach of his undignified worship, of his decision to prioritize the presence of God. He had to deal with the backlash of it, even from those that were the closest to him. And uh, no doubt there's sacrifice and there is reproach that comes uh, at times in, in choosing to be zealous for God and choosing to make Him uh, our prioritized. And sometimes we can be misunderstood. Um, you know, the, 
the religious spirit does not like radical, extravagant expressions of worship. And every time you see extravagant worship in the Bible, you see, you know, it stirs things up and there's pushback against it. But then you always see the Lord affirming it. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media. .presencepioneers.org to sign up today. And, uh, you know, I think I have in here in the notes, I'm on page four, by the way, I'm not following exactly, but Matthew 26, seven through eight, you know, where, where uh, a woman comes and, and breaks open this alabaster f- flask on Jesus's feet, you know, this a, a year's worth of wages she uses to buy this costly oil and, and just dumps it all over Jesus. And, um, and there's pushback, you know, that it says when the disciples saw it, they were indignant and said, why this waste? You know, I think you could probably, you can, you can tell it's the same spirit that came against David, you know, why this waste? What are you doing? Like all this expense, all this music, all these instruments that you had to build, like all this oil you're pouring out on the feet of Jesus. Why this waste? Why this waste? But Jesus said to this woman that you've done a good thing. And, uh, and I believe the Lord w- w- affirmed David as well. And I, I think David knew, which we'll see here in a minute. David knew that he was doing this before the Lord and the Lord was pleased with him. And, um, and so, but there is this pushback when we say yes to extravagant worship, when we say yes to prioritizing um, the presence of God. Um, so, but Michael, his wife, was, it says in verse 23, um, that she had no children after this moment. So like the fruit of her, the hardness in her heart, you know, it was like it, it, the fruit of that was death. I mean, it was just like barrenness, you know, in her own, in her own life. So I always try to, <laughs> I try to be on the side of, of David rather than Michael when it comes to worship rather than like rather than pointing the finger or judging or you know it's like okay um, be careful <laughs> you know what I mean be careful about judging somebody else's uh, their worship and, uh, and and that attitude that flares up in your heart that would you know oh that's a little bit too much you know <laughs> whenever I feel that in my heart I go 
ah, oh, man, that's not, that's not good. Maybe, it, you know, I, when, it's, when it's a little bit too much, I go, that might be exactly what God wants, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. All right. Um, let's see what the, t- the time's going here. All right, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll look at the last of this story and kind of finish up here. So David's response to Michael. Verse 21, David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. I want you to note that phrase before the Lord, especially instead of your father to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I'll become even more undignified than this. And I'll be humble in my own own sight. So David said it was before the Lord. So he had this paradigm, this mindset that what he was doing was before the Lord, that he was ministering to God. He understood that even though he was king, that God was also calling him to be a priest. And so David's mindset, I have a couple other verses here, this phrase that comes up, verse 5, verse 14, 16, 17, David played before the Lord. David danced before the Lord. He offered offerings before the Lord. So David stepped into this calling that God had on his life to be a priest before God. Um, And that's what worship is. It's a priestly calling that we minister to God. Um, In Acts 13 at Antioch, it says they ministered to the Lord. Um, So this is a New Testament reality that we are called first and foremost to minister to him. And David knew this and his whole mindset was what God thought. It was I'm doing this for him. <laughs> I'm doing this before him. And, uh, and obviously he was not faced by even his wife's attacks against his worship, you know. Um, so David entered into this priestly aspect of his ministry, worshiping um, before God. I don't have time to talk about why he was allowed to be a priest. That's an interesting theological question on why David was actually allowed to be before the Lord. Um, but it connects to the Melchizedek priesthood. If you want to study Melchizedek and look into that, read the book of Hebrews. Um, <laughs> and, and it talks about that as, as well. So verse 21 again, David said it was before the Lord who chose me. So David was confident in his identity. He said, the Lord has chosen me. Uh, so that to me, that's like the language of adoption. You know, that's that spirit of adoption. He said, the Lord has chosen me. And, uh, and so David was more concerned with what God thought than what even his wife thought when anybody else thought. He was free. He was free from fear. He was free to worship. He was free to be all that God had called him to be. And, uh, and so like David, we need to be more concerned with what God thinks and what other people think. We need to be willing to suffer the reproach. We need to know that God loves us, that we're his sons and his daughters. Um, we need to have our heart pure. Um, free from the fear of man. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord uh, will be safe. So the fear of man, I mean, that's what Michael was, you know, his wife was bound up with, was this fear, fear of man. But David was free so that he could be undignified and worship freely and that he could uh, make the, the presence of God the priority in his life. He ministered before the Lord. All right, and the, the, the last verse, which I mentioned before, I will become even more undignified than this. Um, 
So my last point on page five of the notes, Jesus, the ultimate undignified worshiper. Um, When did David become more undignified than this? (laughs) We don't really see that in the scriptures. We don't see David having a some, we don't see another dancing episode of, <laughs> of David doing this out in the streets like this. Um, but I believe it was pointing to Jesus that I already alluded to. The one who would bring the presence of God to his people. The one who would suffer reproach. Who would bear the shame of the cross. Who would become more undignified than David. The son of David would become more undignified. Um, just as David brought the ark into, into Mount Zion up the hill. You know, and there's that trail of blood. Jesus carried the cross up the hill, um, died for us. And David's kingdom points to the kingdom of Christ, who opened a way for all the nations to enter God's presence, to see the restoration of the tabernacle of David. So Jesus modeled that living before the Lord. He uh, said in John 5, I say to you, the son son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So Jesus lived in this reality of, I'm doing, I'm living before the Father. I'm living before the Lord.